Alrighty, let's pray together. Father, thank You again for the wonderful privilege to gather and celebrate the resurrection. And now, Father, we ask as we open Your Word and hear from You that, that we would understand very clearly that, that it's not just a, uh, an event in the timeline of earth that, that we remember, but there's a truth, a very practical, real, powerful supernatural truth that applies to us even as we sit here this morning. So Lord, uh, we thank You for Your Word. We thank You for this time and ask You now as only You can do through Your Holy Spirit that You would teach us and guide us. And as always, that we would not just be hearers but ultimately doers, that we would respond in very practical ways to Your truth and in so doing that we would be transformed more and more into the image of Jesus. Amen. We're going to begin our time together with the video. Open your Bibles to Romans chapter 6. That's where we're going to uh, be primarily this morning. And I love that video because it transitioned us from Good Friday to this morning. And it spoke a great truth that no matter where you are on the spectrum of life, today matters. This moment matters. And, and one of the things, if I were to, to edit that video, and you know there was a list of a lot of wonderful uh, uh, places where people are, some challenging places where people are that, that uh, they were trying to make the connection. No matter where you've been, you're broken and all of that, and I know we all carry that. But one group uh, that, they, that they, I would have included that they didn't would be, if you've been walking with Jesus for a while, and you're involved in church, and you serve, and you give, and if your life is pretty good right now, today still matters. See, sometimes uh, in, in, in church services and on these special occasions, Christians sort of get this idea that, man, this is going to be really good for so-and-so. And, and, and sometimes I've, I've shared messages and someone has come up to me and say, Pastor, great message. That's going to be really good for Johnny. Or, Pastor, good message. I know somebody that can really benefit from what you said. And in the back of my mind, I'm like, well, what did God say to you? You know, and on one of these times, on, 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 on these occasions, these special occasions like Easter, those churched among us, Sometimes, if we're not careful, even inadvertently, we slide into cruise control. Because it's Easter, and it's the resurrection, and this is my 30th one, you know? And, and if we're not careful, the, the familiarity with Easter slides us into, well, that's going to be good for the newbies or the guests or the visitors, but yeah, i kind of been there, done that, I know the story. And, and, and my encouragement to, to all of us this morning is that this matters. This exact moment matters. And for the church here, it might even actually require more discipline and more uh, of a choice to stay engaged with familiar verses and familiar stories. Because I believe every time we're together, God speaks to everyone, including me. Including me, there are oftentimes when 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 you know, I study and I prepare, and then you know I kind of say, okay, Lord, 
I'm going to trust you and release. There's sometimes when I say something, even, even in a sermon, and in the back of my mind, I'm like, oh, gosh, I've got to write that down. That was a good point. Because I, I hadn't thought about it to that very moment. And God's speaking to me as I'm speaking to you, and He's convicting me, and He's showing me things in my life as much as I'm, I'm sharing with you. And so I have to guard against, even as the pastor teacher, developing this attitude, well, this is really good for them. This is really good for them. Because really, God's Word is always good for everyone. Amen? Amen? So on this, on this Resurrection Sunday, if you see your notes there, this is our, our fifth one together, right? And in, in, in various uh, Sundays, Resurrection Sundays, Easter's, I've, I've kind of tended to focus on different things, right? It says the importance of the historical event. One, one year I focused on, on the defense or what we call the apologetics of the historical event of the resurrection. So, so we have to remember, okay, if you're a believer in Jesus, the resurrection had to have happened. In the timeline of earth's history, we believe there was an actual event. It had to have happened. Why, does it, why would it have to have happened? Because in 1 Corinthians, the Apostle Paul says, if Jesus didn't raise from the dead... Go home. Go watch sports. Don't come back because you're still in your sin. You're to be pitied. It's futile. Right? And we spent that, that Easter morning talking about why we are confident that in the timeline of Earth's history, the resurrection had to have happened. Did happen. Had to have happened. It's not myth. It's not legend. It's not fairy tale. We didn't all check our brains out at the door. There's not a pile of brains right out there and there for you to pick up as you go home. No. Right? We saw that Sunday that, that there was this little acronym, F-E-A-T. It was the greatest feat in history. F was fatal torment. Jesus actually died. He didn't faint. He died. E was empty tomb. The tomb was actually empty. A was appearances. The Bible says he appeared. And in, and in one verse, he appears to 500 people at the same time. And T was transformed lives. His boys, the disciples, he gets crucified. They're, they're scared to death, thinking they're next. They're all cowering in a little room. Jesus says, yo. They're like, ah! Right? What happens to them? Transformed. They saw him, their lives are transformed from being cowards to courageous to what? Many of them being killed. What happened? They saw him. Right? So, so in the timeline of Earth's history, what we gather about today had to have happened. For you to be forgiven and on your way to heaven, the resurrection had to have happened. So we settled that, right? In Romans 4.25, right? Let's go back two verses. Our two chapters. Romans 4.25, just a quick verse here. The importance of resurrection, it says, He, that's Jesus, He was delivered over to death for our sins and was raised to life for our justification. How many of you went to Good Friday? Right? Somewhere, right? Or you celebrated on your own, which is fine. Good Friday, we remember that Jesus died on the cross as payment for what? For our sin, right? As payment, that's a very common phrase, Jesus died for you, He paid the price, right? How do you know that the price He paid was accepted? 
See, a lot of you, uh, what? Uh, I never thought of it that way. We just assume it was, right? We just assume it was, right? Romans 4.25, He was delivered over to death for our sins and was raised to life for our justification. How can you be confident this morning that Jesus' death on Calvary was actually accepted by God the Father? The resurrection. Okay, very important. You can't separate Good Friday and Easter. They're both part of the gospel. So Jesus died when God raised them. It was a way of saying, according to Romans 4.25, it's good to go. Your justification, that confidence you have in heaven and not hell. How do you know? Not just that he died, but that he rose. See, a lot of times we're raised in the church. Jesus died for you. Jesus died for you. Jesus paid the penalty. Jesus, you know, everything about Good Friday. Good Friday. Nothing wrong with that. But you've got to bring Easter just as important. Easter validates Good Friday. Amen? Ah, oh, that's like, yes, the resurrection matters. It happened in the timeline of Earth's history. So, yes, okay, it's not futile. We're not to be pitied this morning. We're not wasting our time. It matters because it's a, it seals the deal. We know now Father said good. Okay? We have hope of our own future resurrection, right? 1 Corinthians 15. Again, he says, hey, because Jesus was raised, we're going to be raised. Right? What does it matter for today? Or maybe a, another way, does it matter? See, we just said it matters for our salvation from sin. Okay, so you believe on Jesus by faith, right? Now that the resurrection happened, we know going to heaven. But does the resurrection matter today? Does the resurrection matter tomorrow when you go to work? Does the resurrection matter when you go to school? Does the resurrection matter when you go home and you get in an argument this afternoon? Does the resurrection matter when you're driving and someone cuts you off? Oh, right? Does this, this event, this historical event, matter in what we call the real world? Because we tend to compartmentalize. I'm going to Good Friday service. I'm going to Easter service. And when Easter service is done, I'm going home to the real world. Does it really matter? Does, does the resurrection matter in a few minutes when we leave here? And I would say absolutely on the authority of the Word of God. Turn to Romans 6. Romans 6. We'll start reading in verse 1. The Apostle Paul wrote a letter to the Roman believers in Rome, of course. Romans 6.1. He's writing to believers. What shall we say then? Shall we go on sinning so that grace may increase? By no means. We died to sin. How can we live in it any longer? Or don't you know that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into His death? We were therefore buried with Him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new 
life. We too may live a new life, right? Just, right? Let's read it again. It's very important. That connection at the end of verse 4. Just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. In the New King King James Version, it says, we also should walk in newness of life. See, the resurrection matters because of this this biblical word, word called walk. Now, when it says walk, it means your conduct, how you live, your lifestyle, how you regulate your behavior, which means everything. Everything. And, and in Romans 6, 4, there's a connection made between the resurrection, just as Christ was raised, you too should walk in newness of life. Question. Are you? Are you walking in newness of life? Well, we kind of got to define new then, right? What does new mean? Right? When it says newness there, absolutely important that you understand. Newness, when it says you're a new creation, walk in newness of life, it means qualitatively new, never existed before. Brand new. Right? How many of you have watched those shows on uh, HDTV where they take the old houses and make them, renovate them, right, and all this kind of stuff? Well, a lot of us think that when we put our faith in Jesus, it's a lifetime of cleaning up the old me. And, and somehow, you know, we've got to carry our cross and it's just about oh, cleaning up the old me because I was so bad. And, and, and oh, if you only knew... Right? And, and you're horrible. And you know, I mean, it's a, you know? And we just compare our crosses, and, and Christianity becomes this dull, drudgery thing. Is that what he meant by walk in newness of life? Right? Hey. Want to know Jesus? Come to my church. Come. Wait, put this cross on your back. Come on. Come on. I'll help you. You help me. We're walking in newness of life, brother. We're walking in newness of life, brother. We're going to get there. We're going to get there. Right? Is that what he means? Is that why we're here? Is that, really, is that why we're here? To walk in newness of life means there are supernatural things that happen when you put your faith in Christ. How many of you would agree that the resurrection was supernatural? How many would agree that the resurrection required a whole lot of power? How many of you hopefully are now understanding that the supernatural power of the resurrection now belongs to who? Us. In the person of the Holy Spirit who resides where? Now say it like you really like Him there. Where does He reside? In us! Right? Come here, brother. Come here, brother. And let me tell you, there's this Holy Spirit. He's God and He's in us. But he's, Let's just go, though. Let's just lean on our... Holy Spirit's there. Come on, brother. I'm going to help you. Is that what it's about? Sort of this, this mental 
acknowledgement, oh yeah, Holy Spirit, third person of the Trinity, God, right? Resides in me. Yeah, got that. Thanks, Pastor. But now I've got to get to the real world and rely on myself. Is that what we're about? See, the resurrection means everything for us right at this very moment. Right at this very moment. Turn to Romans 8.11. And if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who lives in... Okay, now let's make it personal. You're a believer. That you means... Ooh. Oh. Does it? Now, now, now let's read it again. Turn the you into me, you believers out there. Look. And if the spirit of him who raised Christ, who raised Jesus from the dead is living in, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to my mortal body through his spirit who lives in. Wait. Okay, pastor. Whoa, 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 whoa. In the timeline of earth's history, there was this supernatural powerful event called the resurrection and that and that that affirms that jesus penalty was was accepted by god got that but whoa 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 time out are you telling me based on romans 8 11 that the spirit who did that resides in cindy yeah you got that little attitude going out right me me i mean you got to have a little attitude it's okay Amen? We live in a culture and a world that just beats us and beats us and beats us. Oh, you Christian this. Oh, you Christian that. Oh, da, da, da. Right? And after, if you believe it in the news, how many of you just feel horrible about yourself? I just feel bad. All I do is love Jesus and they hate me. I mean, right? You start Based on these verses, based on why you're here today, it's okay to have a little Holy Spirit attitude. Don't let the world intimidate you. Don't let, right? A lot of those, we talked about what voices do you hear from the world and from the devil. And from, the Spirit who raised Jesus from the dead resides in all believers. Come on, Cindy. Do it. That's right. Do it. Right? The question is, are you walking in the Spirit? Are you appropriating what is already yours? Or is it a, hey, brother, come on moment. Now, it doesn't mean we don't struggle at times. It doesn't mean we don't have hard times where we need to lean completely on someone and we're barely making it. But what it does mean is in the depths of those valleys, You're not relying on yourself. You're not even primarily relying on someone else. You're saying, Lord, I need you. I need you. And that's where this this walk comes from. This walk. See, 
many of us have said, oh, we've got to walk like Jesus. A few years ago, what was the big you know, thing that everyone was wearing and selling, right? WWJD. What would Jesus do? And we made all of our lists, and we wanted to walk, right? Walk like Jesus. And we made all these lists. This is what Jesus would do here. This is what Jesus would do here. This is what Jesus would do. You know what a lot of you turn that into? Works. You turn it into lists. And for some, you got really bummed out because you didn't measure up. And for some, you got really prideful because you felt like you did measure up. But it was a thing of the flesh. It was a thing of the flesh. It was marketing. It was a cool t-shirt. It was a cool bracelet. How many said, oh, to walk like Jesus is impossible. I've told you this before. To walk like Jesus walked, as it says, we're to walk like Jesus, a life worthy of Him. You realize it's impossible in the flesh? The Christian life, to walk it as Scripture describes, is impossible in the flesh. You've got to come to the end of yourself. And you've got to say, Lord, okay, you got me. I honestly have defined Christianity as being a better moral person than I was. And about kind of the good stuff, the good habits, and I don't do as much as the bad. And I go to church, and I serve, and I give, you know. So my Christianity has really been defined about me. To live and to walk as Jesus walked is impossible. It's impossible. And he knew that. And how did we know that he knew that? Because he gave us somebody to supernaturally empower us. Who is that? Why do you think he sent the Holy Spirit? Because we couldn't do it on our own. We, some of us, the church, we need to, we need to just admit that. Not mean, it does not mean that you're a bad person. It doesn't mean you don't love Jesus. It doesn't mean you don't serve and all that faithfully. It just means that there may be more of you than the Spirit running the show. And you may just need to come to a place on this resurrection and go, wait, wait, time out. Cindy, let me ask you something. You know I love you. If if your desire is to walk with Jesus, to, to live a life that pleases Him, right? To be more and more like Him, right? If I gave you a choice, okay, Cindy, I, I believe that wholeheartedly that's your, your, your desire. You can choose to live primarily in your strength. The best that Cindy can do, make New Year's resolutions, right? But intentions, right? Cindy. Or, Cindy, you can choose to live primarily on the power of the supernatural Holy Spirit who raised Jesus from the dead. Just asking, Cindy. Cindy? Holy Spirit, supernatural power who raised Jesus from the dead. You picked the Holy Spirit. Yeah, give it up for Cindy. She picked the Holy Spirit. Now, many of you are like, why is she struggling? It is a no-brainer. Is it? Because every morning you wake up with the same choice. And throughout the day you're confronted with that same choice. Is it me? <clears throat> Holy Spirit, supernatural power who raised Jesus from the dead. From the smallest things in your life to the biggest. What difference would it make just qualitatively 
That's walking in newness of life. When it says anyone who's in Christ is a new creation, old things have passed away, behold, all things have become new. You know what that means? You, have never, you, you as a believer in Christ have never existed before. So Cindy, stop trying to clean up the old Cindy. That does not what that verse means. Old things have passed away, behold, all things have become new. We say, oh, renovation. Clean up the old. That verse means, Cindy, old Cindy's dead. Leave her dead. Leave her dead. Don't touch her. <laughs> what do we do? We pick up the old Cindy in the morning. Come on, old Cindy. Let's go to Cafe Emporium, old Cindy. And we, 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 we love the old person. The old person is dead, passed away. In Christ, you are a new Cindy you've never existed before. You walk in the power of the Holy Spirit, supernatural power. You get new attitudes. You get new desires. You speak differently. And, and your friends go, what got into you? And you say, it's not a what. It's a who. It's a who. See, one of the things that the guard against church is even getting fearful of being this new creation and walking in newness of life in the church. Some of you, I want to raise my hands. But my friends, my believing friends might think I'm corny because I've never done it before. Ha, Linda. Right? Right? Okay. Some of you are so cute. Good Friday service. I sit behind most of you in that corner. You're worshiping. Sunday morning. I'm like, wait, wait, wait. You go to Libby Bowl around a bunch of strangers, and you're like, free. Ah, Jesus, I love you. Ah. You come here on Sunday. Oh. Even in the church, we got to be free. Amen? All right, so just turn to the person next to you and say, it's okay. Be new. Just, just, just say, it's okay. Be new. Just be new. Walk in newness of life. Walk in the Spirit. And I'm going to tell you, it's a bit of a ride. It's a, it's a bit of an adventure. You're like, ooh. You know? And you start responding differently. You have different attitudes, different desires. Your friends go, what's happened to you, man? And you're like, I don't know. I just, I'm just different. Right? I got this joy. I see things differently. I have new desires. I used to want to do that. And it's not like I can't, but I just don't want to. And when you understand the resurrection applies right now for you to be free to walk in newness of life, oh, there's joy. Amen? There's joy. Just in that. And I just want to encourage you this morning. Let's just, let's just do that. Let's just do that. And one other thing that, that before we close, um, Marvin reminded me, there's a wonderful Easter uh, choir presentation in the Wesleyans that come in right after us. So a lot of you are involved in that. And if you want to stay, that'd be awesome. You do that. But as we close in, and Van, we're just going to go right into communion in the interest of time for the Wesleyans to get ready. Use this time of communion this morning to say, Father... Is it really true? The spirit that raised Jesus from the dead resides in. Wow. And as you hold these cups, say, Jesus, thank you. Thank you 
for Good Friday, your, your, your shed blood, your broken body. Thank you that today I know that that was accepted by God, affirmed. Woo! That's a great communion reflection, right? And then use this time of communion and say, Lord, forgive me if I've been relying more on me than the Holy Spirit. Forgive me if I've not been walking in newness of life. And that, if you would do that and just be free this morning, that would be awesome. Okay? So let's pray together. We're going to distribute the elements. And then uh, Robert and Susan will, uh, will lead us in song. Father, we thank You for reminding us this morning that just as Christ was raised from the dead, we too may live a new life. A new life. Thank You for reminding us that the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead lives in us. That we may live a new life. We are a new creation. And that's our desire. And this morning, before we take communion, Father, our desire also is, is, Lord, if there's somebody here, if there's people here visiting, that, that maybe for the first time they understand this Christianity. Maybe they understand Good Friday and Jesus paying a penalty for our sin. Because the Bible says all have sinned. We've all sinned. And Lord, we've just simply come to the place of understanding what Jesus did for us at the cross. And by faith, we're clinging to Jesus as our Savior and Lord. By faith, we've been born again, given a new nature, a Holy Spirit indwelling us. Father, before we take communion, we just want to offer that opportunity for those here in the quietness of our heart, to the best of their understanding of the Gospel, to say, Jesus, I believe You died for my sins. Please forgive me. And Jesus, this morning, in the best way I know how, I'm trusting You as my Savior and Lord. I believe You died for me. I believe You rose from the dead. And so I'm just trusting You this morning. And for you, if that's the desire of your heart, if that's the conviction of your heart, you can feel very comfortable taking communion. Because what is communion? It's an affirmation. It's an outward symbol of our belief on Jesus, the Savior and Lord. So Lord, we take this communion now. We will hold the cups together and take communion together as a church family. We'll just use it as a time of reflection on what the resurrection means for us even today.